Hey folks, welcome to Memphis. So imagine driving to Sioux Falls from Memphis, Tennessee. It's a 13 hour drive each way, 13 hours there, 13 hours back. And imagine carrying your gun appendix and not experiencing any pain or discomfort. Every single time you get out of the truck to gas up or use the restroom, it's actually to gas up or use the restroom. It's not just to adjust your holster. <laughs> it's not just to like try to figure out what the hell is pinching me. Um, and when you hop out of the truck, there's no adjustment that you have to make. You don't have to pull it on your shirt. You don't have to loosen up your belt or tighten it up. You don't have to kind of check to see if you're printing. Your, your concealment was just as good as when you left the house. Imagine that, right? Imagine driving to Dallas, which is seven hours from Memphis, seven hours there, seven hours back, um, spending that much time in the car and not having any issue with comfort or concealment. Imagine that. Imagine driving to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, appendix, and it's six hours there and back from Memphis. And imagine not having any comfort or, or any discomfort or any pain. And that's what it's like for me carrying appendix. So when I got these comments and these comments came from a video that I made about 14 months ago, it was called concealment holsters. And I made it for my family and friends to, to help them, um, basically conceal better without any discomfort. And the main concern that a lot of the comments had was how do you sit down with this thing? And I'm hoping to address that today. Now, here's my disclaimer, okay? Um, my disclaimer is that this video is uh, not a class, is not a lesson, is not a period of instruction. And I'm not making this video on behalf of any school or any uh, organization or certifying body. I'm just a dude that's making this video uh, for the benefit of my friends and family. That's it. Um, also, I'm I'm delivering this from my unique perspective. Um, I'm a black dude. I'm five foot ten. I weigh two hundred and sixty pounds. I'm I I have a forty four inch waist and I'm thirty percent body fat. So the stuff that works for me may not necessarily work for you. Okay, your mileage may vary. So, and part of the reason why I I felt pressed now to make these videos is that. I've been on a kind of a kick of podcasts lately and I continue to do so. I want to, I want to continue doing that. And I've reached kind of a lull. I, um, between shot show and scheduling issues, uh, I found myself without, you know, anyone to talk to today. <laughs> so I figure I would, you know, I have been thinking about making a video about this for a long time. And so now I'm finally getting to it, but what you would, the reason I bring that up is because, I'm talking to these guys sitting down here and I'm talking to them for about 45 minutes to an hour and you, I'm on video the entire time and the whole time I'm carrying. Let's see, so if you would look, and so this right here is what I would carry. It is a, like this right here is a, a training replica, but what I actually carry what I'm actually carrying at that time is a Glock with an optic. And sometimes it'll be a 17, sometimes it's a 19. I've been slowly transitioning. 
Uh, but I sit down like it doesn't cause me any pain. And I sit like this for 45 minutes to an hour. I work at a desk. I work from home. And so this is, this is how I am. So it's important for me to make sure that, you know, it doesn't hurt, but I wanted to share my perspective. And so let's just get right into it. Uh, the, the main person that I have to thank for getting me into appendix carry is Ty Reed. And I recently interviewed him a little uh, he's a fellow Marine. He's a Marine Corps infantry. Uh, he's a grunt. <laughs> he, uh, he's Marine Corps infantry. He, uh, he's also a firearms instructor and he also is a competitive shooter. So we just have a ton in common. We talk a lot about stuff and he's got to be back on the show. We're going to talk more about that, but I have him to thank because he was the one to introduce me to appendix carry. And before I started carrying appendix, I kind of thought of it the same way that everyone else thinks of it. You know, do you know where that thing is pointed? And like, how, how do you know that it's just not going to go off and, and, and hit your junk? And so we had some conversations about it. Um, if we had a gun and I put it inside of a safe, even if I loaded it, right. A magazine inserted round and chamber, you know, um, if, uh, if if that thing was ready to go and I put it in a safe, is there any chance that that gun would fire? The obvious answer would be no. And the reason for that is because there's no way for anybody to get to the trigger. There's no way to trigger the guns in a safe. So until someone opens up that safe and puts their finger on the trigger, then no one's going to be in any danger, even if the gun's loaded. And here's the thing. If I thought that there was a chance that that gun would just go off on its, then I wouldn't want that gun in my house. You know, I, I just, it, there's no, there's no purpose for it. Now, maybe it wasn't a safe. Imagine if it was just an ammo can. If you had an ammo can and you put a loaded gun in it, you loaded the gun, magazine inserted, round in chamber, and you loaded it and you put it in the ammo can. Would anybody be in any danger? Again, the obvious answer would be no, because as long as that ammo clan is shut and it's, you know, it's fastened tight and it's locked, then there's no chance that anybody can press the trigger. It's only when that ammo can is open and someone puts their hand on it. Now you've introduced the chance of someone putting their finger on the trigger and that's when the gun's going to go off. Um, same thing for if I put it in an Amazon box, right? If I just got a cardboard box from Amazon and I put the gun in there and then I taped it shut, is anybody in any danger? No, because once again, no one's going to get to the trigger. Um, these guns have so many internal safeties, particularly Glocks. Like there's a firing pin block in the slide. There's a drop safe in the, uh, in the frame. And then there's also a little blade safety in the trigger. And all of those safeties are safeties that I don't have to think about. I don't have to remember to hit the thumb release or hit the, hit the thumb safety. I don't have to remember to, to decock it. Or I don't have to remember all that stuff. Um, but if you throw it off the empire state building, it, it's still, there's still no chance it could fire. The only way it's going to fire is if you press the trigger. And if I thought that it could go off on its own like that, then there's no reason for it to be in my possession or in my house. It's too much liability. Now, 
Instead of a box or a safe or an ammo can, imagine the gun was in a holster. And a holster where the trigger guard is completely covered and protected. Is there any difference between the gun being in this box or a safe or an ammo can? Is there any difference between that and being in this holster? I don't see a difference because either way, there's no way for anybody to get to the trigger. There's no way for that trigger to be pressed. And so it's just as safe. When this gun is in the holster, it is just as safe as it is in this, an actual ammo can or a box or a safe. Um, in fact, it could be argued that the only way that gun is pointed is if it's in somebody's hand. Someone has to intentionally be in possession of that gun. And now that person that holds the gun has to be careful not to point it in, at things that they don't want to shoot. Now, I haven't been to gun sight. I haven't been there personally, but I've seen pictures. And I bring up gun sight because, you know, that was where the famous, the late, great Colonel Jeff Cooper, that was where he created the four safety rules. Uh, one of the most important ones is never to point the gun at anything you're not willing to destroy. And there was a sign at gun sight that said guns and holsters don't cause problems. And I take that to heart. I, um, if that gun's in the holster, is not pointed at anything. It's not causing any problems because there's no way that gun can fire. There's no way that anyone's going to get to this trigger. So the important thing is going to be not to point the gun at myself in the process of holstering the gun. That's the most important thing. And so when we, when he alleviated those safety concerns for me, um, it brought up a really interesting point. If there is a chance that that gun could come up, if there's a chance it can it can go off in the holster, just on its own without a trigger press, then I don't need to carry it, and it doesn't matter what position it's in, whether it's in three o'clock, or you know, like outside the waistband, it can it can be off body. I don't care. I don't want it anywhere near me. If there's a chance that it can just go off on its own, and I don't need to be carrying it appendix or otherwise. So if that whole, the whole logic of it might just go off, that was very much alleviated for me very early on. But the other thing that I noticed from Ty is that when he had his gun on him, it was a lot more concealed and it was a lot more accessible, especially if we're sitting down. And of course, in our society, when we do a lot of driving and we're out to dinner and, you know, we work at desks and we're doing paperwork and all kinds of other things, we spend a lot of time sitting down. So, you know, at three o'clock or strong side hip carry, that's, that ends up being a challenge to, to keep the gun concealed while you're, while you're sitting down. So what he did for me was he let me borrow his Spencer keepers holster at the time I was carrying a SIG PT26. It helped me that the gun had, it was double action, single action. And I can thumb the the I can thumb the hammer as I'm holstering it. That gave me a lot of peace of mind. Um, I ended up going to Glocks because Glocks had uh, there was the availability of the striker control device, and that allowed me to do a very similar thing. So that really gave me a lot of peace of mind there, and it helped me to to experiment a little bit with it. But even with the gun and the holster, I still had trouble, and it still hurt me. 
So I told Ty about it and I was like, hey man, this thing's a little uncomfortable. I'm starting to feel some pain. And he asked me one of the most important questions that any friend can ever ask another friend. He said, where does it hurt? And before I had borrowed that holster from Ty, I had tried out other holsters. I tried out Crossbreed and Alien Gear and Raven Concealment and Bravo Concealment and all the stuff that Concealed Carry Magazine had told me to buy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I had still had trouble. And with the Spencer Keeper holster, it was a lot better. It concealed a lot better. It did more of his job and it was more comfortable, but I still felt pain. And he asked me, where does it hurt? And it forced me to really kind of think about where that pain was coming from. So when people say that, hey, it hurts, it hurts when I sit, then there's a couple of things that they're talking about. And I made this dry erase diagram just to help me further illustrate it. And so where a lot of people, with a lot of people where it hurts is the gun is contacting their thigh or the muzzle is hitting them in the groin or stabbing them in the, in the pelvis. For a lot of people, what's happening is the rear sights are hitting their stomach. It's really kind of the rear sights are cutting into their, their belly. Or for some people, and this is, this is a lot more common than I thought it would be, but the entire belt, the entire belt is so tight that it's causing pain. It's just too much pressure. So, so I was like, okay, well, how do I alleviate these things? You know, this stuff is hurting and I'm not really sure exactly what's, what's happening here. Well, around the same time frame, there's a company called Filster Holsters and Filster had just released the Enigma and the Enigma promised to be a game changing holster. Basically imagine having the same level of concealment in gym shorts and yoga pants as you do in jeans and your favorite gun belt. Because what it is, is it's a chassis that you attach your holster to and it divorces that holster from your clothing. So, you know, that, that was, that got me really interested. Now, another thing that they did, and that was just one thing that, that was the main thing that really got me, uh, made me aware of Filster holsters. The thing that really helped me with it was how John and Sarah Hopman actually went out of their way to create a community called the Filster Concealment Workshop. And that is where they're distributing a lot of, it's not just knowledge and posts and stuff like that. Like most of your regular Facebook groups, they're gonna have like a bunch of different posts, but no, these guys actually develop guides. Like, this is how you do this. And if people are having trouble, um, they're getting responses a lot quicker than where most people would get responses from customer service desk. I'm talking minutes. You post something and within minutes, group experts are going to be there to, uh, to help you along the way. So... That's, that's very unique in the Facebook space. It really is. Most, most of the time, it's just troll posts and crap posting and stuff like that. Um, uh, this right here is a lot more different. It's, it's a very high-value information uh, group. So 
And here's the thing. It's not just there to sell Filster products. Uh, you have a lot of holster makers from other companies that come together for the purpose of allowing people to be more responsible gun owners that conceal their weapons better. I'm talking Spencer Keepers of Keepers Concealment is in there. Um, uh, Tony Mayer, the owner of JM Custom Kydex. Uh, Tim Kelly, the owner of Dark Star Gear. Um, Riley Bowman, the owner of KSG Armory. Even the previous owner, uh, Gabe New. Like a lot of those, a lot of these guys are here to help folks out. And it really just, it, it ends up making it a very unique space. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of learning occurring there. So that's where I learned a lot. And I learned about stuff like your sweet spot and peaks and valleys and, you know, just the, what holster you have. It doesn't have to be a filster holster. Um, whatever holster you have work for you. So you can get the most craptastic holster off the bend at your local gun range. And you can, if you know enough about how to conceal, if you know enough about the concealment principles, you can make that thing work. So that was where I really learned the difference between quality holsters like JM Custom Kydex, like KSG Armory, like Dark Star Gear. How I learned the difference between that and, you know, not so great holsters like Alien Gear and Crossbreed. And bless their hearts, they, you know, they try their best, but they just didn't work for me. Okay. I hope they work for you, but they didn't work for me. So a part of that ended up, and I dabbled a little bit as well with Dark Star Gear. I dabbled with JM, you know, Custom Kydex and a bunch of other different brands, right? But where I really landed was I came back to Spencer Keeper's, uh, Keeper's Concealment Holster. And also it got me back into like experimenting with the Enigma again. Um, about six weeks ago, I made a video called uh, Enigma, Filster Enigma on Big Dudes. And... You know, since then, I've, the Filster Enigma has been my daily driver. I've been carrying it for about eight weeks. And right now it's set up with, it has a pillow wedge. It has a sport belt. And I've mounted a JM Custom Kydex holster onto it. It took me a couple of different holsters in order for me to figure out which holster was going to be the best one for me and my gun on my body. Because different holsters have different angles and different architectures that fit my body differently. So, you know, this was, this was what gave me the success. Now, if you're, if you're experiencing pain, then I have really three questions for you. Okay. And these are the three questions that you need to start with in order for you to really kind of identify where your pain is coming from. And, a lot of this is drawing on the stuff that I learned in the Filster Concealment Workshop and Filster's educational resources on the Filster Holsters website. But I didn't make this video in collaboration with Filster Holsters. I didn't make this video with their consent or their permission. I'm not a person that shills to companies in order to get free stuff. I didn't, I paid for everything I have here that I'm showing you. I didn't pay for anything from Filster, I paid full price. And also, I I promote the causes that I believe in, okay? And I believe that Filster is paving the way towards the future of concealment. I really do. Like these guys, you need to keep an eye on Filster. And they're just awesome people. John and Sarah Hopman have helped me personally in my walk. And I think that they can help you too. 
So my three questions, if you're if your gun is hurting you, then my three questions are this. Number one, are you in your sweet spot? Number two, where on your body does, does it hurt? And number three, what part of the gun or holster is, is hurting you? So talking about your sweet spot, like your body has peaks and valleys. A peak is where your clothing rests on your body. Like for a lot of guys, your gut is going to be your peak. For a, on a lot of ladies, your hips are your peak. And that's just, you know, if you put your gun right there on your peak, then it's going to print pretty hard. Okay. And it's going to be different for everybody. All right. Everybody has different bodies. Everybody is different. And so you just have to be able to find where your peaks are on you. And what you're really looking for is your valleys. You have peaks and you have valleys. Your valley is a, a natural void that your clothing drapes over. So if your peak is like on most guys, the peak is going to be your gut. And, you know, your clothing is going to drape over your gut, over your belt buckle. And there may even be a very specific point where, you know, it's closer to where your thigh meets your groin. If you go above that to where it hits your belt, then that ends up being a pretty deep valley. On a lot of ladies, um, your valley might be directly underneath your belly button. And, you know, your clothing typically drapes over that. Um, but that's not a hard and fast rule, okay? Like, that's not that's not typical for everybody. Like, it's just, that's just what I noticed personally. And your body's going to be different. So what a lot of people do is they'll get their gun, make sure it's clear. You know, you see it clear and you feel it clear. And... What they do is they kind of experiment with where that gun sits on their body for them to get the best comfort and the best concealment. And once you find that sweet spot, then that's where your gun needs to be situated. You need to make the adjustments to where that's where your gun should be. Now, if your gun's not in a sweet spot and you're experiencing pain, then stop right there and then just actually adjust to where your sweet spot is. Uh, that's probably going to fix your problems. Like if I put my gun over my belly button and I try to make it conceal there, I'm going to have a really hard time. Okay. Um, a lot of people can do it, but me personally, I'm going to have a really hard time. Now the next two questions are kind of together. All right. So where on the body does it hurt and what part of the gun or the holster is hurting me? And so we're going back to our little diagram here. I apologize to my viewers. I'm going to be as, I'm going to, well, I apologize to the podcast listeners because I'm going to be as descriptive as I possibly can. But the main areas where, you know, commenters have expressed that, hey, this is where it hurts. And also, this is where it hurt a lot on me. Me personally, I experienced pain. So when I first started carrying, when I was handling stuff like, you know, Raven concealment, breed and alien gear, what was happening was uh, it was printing a lot and there was a lot of, like I, I would cinch down the belt as hard as I could and there were still parts of the gun that were poking out. Like the uh, the magwell would poke out and, you know, I would feel like the gun was tipping out. Like my gut was pushing the gun out from over my belt and that didn't feel great at all. Um, no matter how hard I cinched down my belt, nothing was going to work. So 
I ended up going with, you know, Ty Reed ended up uh, letting me borrow his Spencer Keepers holster. And that had a lot of built-in features that, you know, really, really helped me out with that. Um, it had a built-in wedge that was molded into the trigger guard. And that was able to to rotate the the grip deeper into my body. Not just that, but because it was so rounded, there weren't any hard angles. There weren't any pressure points. And so it was just a very comfortable holster. But I had a problem. I had a couple of problems. The muzzle was coming down and it was causing me some discomfort in my pelvis. It was applying a lot of pressure on my pelvis and then my junk. And so Ty was like, hey, how about a how about a wedge? And so the Spencer Keepers holster, they get shipped, they ship with wedges. It's a foam wedge. It's situated right there on the muzzle of the, the holster. And what it does is it alleviates that pressure and it also tilts the muzzle a little bit further away from your body so it's not pointing at your junk. And so a byproduct of that is that it tilts the gun a lot more into, it tilts the grip side gun. It tilts the grip side of the gun. I'm t- tongue-tied tonight. <laughs> but it grips the, uh, let me take a deep breath. <laughs> so it tilts the the grip side of the gun deeper into your body so that it doesn't feel like your gut is pushing the your belt. And it, there's a lot of concealment to be had there. So there's comfort there. And then there was also concealment. Um, with the other holsters that had wings, that had concealment wings, what would happen is it was so close to my thigh that the wing itself was rubbing against my thigh. And that, that was a lot of discomfort. So the way I fixed that was I just moved that gun a little bit further over. Um, I moved it away from my thigh to where it gave me some clearance. And that ended up helping me with the the gun banging into my junk as well so if it's if your gun is banging into your junk or if it's hitting your pelvis or if it's causing you a lot of pressure one thing that you can do and this helped me a lot as well is simply lift my pants my belt and the holster lift that up like if it's contacting like if if you're feeling some discomfort around your twig and dingleberries your gun is too low your pants are too low, your belt's too low, your holster's too low. If you pick that up to where you have some some clearance, then you're probably going to be okay. Um, making those adjustments while you're sitting down, while you're getting dressed, if you sit down in a chair while you make those adjustments, that helps out a ton, a whole crap ton. So you have that going on. And then also where you situate your, your, um, your wedge is going to help out with concealment. It's going to help out with comfort as well. Now you have the foam wedges, and then also you have a pillow wedge, which is literally what it sounds like. It's a cloth sack that's filled with cotton, and that ends up giving me a lot of comfort as well. You can stuff it with as little or as much cotton as you want, and you what that does is if you stuff it more, it makes the, the wedge more rigid, and it gives you, it tilts the, the muzzle further away from your junk, and so that helps out a ton for me. Um, so another issue that I ran into before long was with some holsters, the rear sights would dig into my stomach. And there was two ways that I found to fix that. Uh, the main way was to 
use an undershirt. Um, cotton or polyester, doesn't matter. Have an undershirt and tuck it in underneath the gun. Um, another way to fix that is, once again, to lift the entire apparatus up. Uh, a lot of times when the rear sights are digging into your gut, it's because the gun is so low that your gut is trying to come up over on top of the gun. And the way to fix that is you elevate the gun to where the rear sights are kind of even with your belly button. Um, you notice right here on this diagram that the rear sights are just under the belly button. If you could bring it up a little bit more, a little bit closer to where it's level, then what happens is your gut isn't over on top of the gun so much. It's more alongside. And that's gonna that's gonna keep the gun from it's gonna keep those rear sights from stabbing you. Um, if that doesn't work, yeah, just use an undershirt. Tuck an undershirt underneath your gun. Um, what I do a lot is if I know I'm going to be carrying that gun all day, then what I do is I tuck an undershirt, a cotton undershirt. I tuck it in underneath my uh, my overshirt. I'll have like a shirt like this that has a basically a polo, and then I have an undershirt. My undershirt will be tucked into my pants, and that's going to be tucked in behind the gun. So is that going to slow down the draw? Yeah, kind of, sort of, a little bit. I might lose a tenth of a second, two tenths of a second. But you don't need to have a turbo pin in order to stop whatever threats you're going to need to stop. You really, like, you don't need a turbo pin. Like, if if you can get to, like, a dark pin or a light pin, then, you know, you're probably going to be okay. And if you don't know what those pins are, then, you know, look up Gabe White. Look up Gabriel White, Pistol Shooting Solutions. Look them up on Google and take a look at those pins. Or just Google. You can go into Google and you can search for Gabe White Turbo Pin. And that's going to give you a lot of information. So, so yeah. Uh, also, there's one last point. This probably goes without saying, but if your belt is if your belt is so tight that it's applying a lot of pressure to the point where it's getting painful or uncomfortable, man, just kind of loosen up your belt like a notch or two. Okay. And what's probably happening is your gun is probably not in a sweet spot. If you, if you have to cinch down your belt so hard that it's causing you pain and that's what you have to do in order to conceal, then it's probably not in the correct position. You shouldn't, your belt shouldn't have to work that hard in order for you to conceal the gun. It really shouldn't. Okay. Now there's one last thing that I want to really kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe plug. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to be real with y'all here because of my own personal experience with the Enigma, if you've gone through multiple different holsters, like you've tried a bunch of different holsters and they all, none of them work, um, you might want to just stop buying holsters and just go for straight for the Enigma. I mean, just, just I'm just being real with you here because that's going to allow, you can go either way with it. You can go with the Express and that's already put together and you're probably going to end up, you know, having a really solid package that you can, you can still kind of tweak in order to make it work. Or you can go for the Filster standard, and that's going to be so incredibly customizable that John Hopman, he describes it not really just as an accessory, but he describes it as a, a prosthetic. If you can imagine how much adjustment goes into that, that gives you a good idea of what we're dealing with. So I didn't make this video to sell Filster products. 
I didn't make this video to, you know, as an advertisement. I made this video because there's a lot of people out there that are looking for help. And uh, there's a lot of people in the Philster Concealment Workshop that are looking to help people. And if they can get together, I think we're going to be able to solve a lot of problems. So let me know if this right here, I know it's a little long and I do apologize for that, but I felt like this was the best way for me to answer the answer that question. I'm a very detail oriented type of guy. So, you know, I go, I get pretty deep into the weeds, but this right here is probably the most information I could stuff into a video like this. And I just hope it helps. Um, if you do like stuff like this, then uh, please consider giving me a thumbs up. Maybe even think about subscribing. If, if there's areas where I need to improve, please allow me that opportunity. Please allow me the chance to improve by leaving a comment. And, you know, I'm learning from you guys. It's, it, this isn't just a one-way conversation. You're just not, you're not just listening to me. Um, I'm learning from you. I'm learning from your feedback and I'm trying to get better. So thanks again for watching. If you made it this far, I really do appreciate it. I appreciate you spending your time with me. Welcome to Memphis.